Hello and welcome to On Mike with Jordan Rich, the podcast that celebrates conversation with creative, dynamic individuals from the worlds of art, science, spirituality, history, and more. Today, I welcome a longtime friend. We've done many radio shows together over the years. His name is Hal Urban, an award-winning teacher at San Carlos and Woodside High Schools for many years, also at the University of San Francisco. Since 1982, Dr. Urban has been dedicated to the character education movement. He's spoken thousands of times in just about every state and has made more than 30 international presentations. He gives keynote addresses, conducts workshops with educators, and talks to students of all ages about good character, positive words, and good news. You can find out more at halurban.com. And speaking of good news, that's what his latest book is all about, The Power of Good News, Feeding Your Mind with What's Good for Your Heart. Let's now meet the best-selling author of Life's Greatest Lessons and now The Power of Good News as we go on mic with Hal Urban. Well, the good news to begin with is that we're reunited after many, many years talking on the phone late night. Yeah, I, I can't remember the last time we uh, we did it. It's been a while, but uh, I didn't forget you or your name or your work. So I nope. still uh, think I get a hit from that children's hospital back in Boston every year. In That's your name. right. That's right. And uh, I am thrilled that uh, you're still doing what you do so well, which is writing and sharing stories and thoughts and ideas and inspiration. So the new one is called The Power of Good News, Feeding Your Mind with What's Good for Your Heart. And I uh, can't think of a book that's more timely. Boy, do we need this now, huh? Yeah, I, I think uh, the year 2020 might, and parts of 2021, have probably had more bad news than I can remember in, in my life. And I didn't write the book because of that. It just happened to coincide with with all that bad news. I was actually writing about good news while we were surrounded by bad news. Well, there's a great deal of research and everything you do is is well thought out, but uh, there is scientific research that's pretty solid that says the more we attend to good news and the less we depend on the bad, the better for our psyche, our spiritual growth, and certainly our bodies. Talk a little bit about what you discovered. Well, you know, one of the things that I mentioned near the end of the book is that I felt like I had taken graduate level courses in neuroscience while I was researching for this book, and it was really a blessing. I didn't really know very much about neuroscience. I had heard about the happy hormones like endorphins and dopamine and, and so on, but um, but I really got into it. And uh, then I got connected with uh, Martin Seligman, who is kind of considered the father of positive psychology in the United States. And he still runs a program through the University of Pennsylvania. And so I got a lot of leads from him. And I was in contact with a couple of Harvard professors that teach psychology. And, and uh, <clears throat> so it's really true that, you know, if you have good input, it's going to make you feel better. It's going to make you feel healthier. And there's a number of ways you can do that uh, in addition to just receiving good news. Let's talk about the reception of bad news. It's everywhere. It's obviously in the in the morning paper, but it's also on our phones. It's on television screens everywhere. I mean, it's really tough to avoid, but there are ways to do that. The impact of negative news, negative media. Because it, it creates a downward cycle for your, your thinking process. You know, you start off the day with with bad news, then you're kind of on the lookout even more. And negative stuff gets our attention much more than positive stuff does. We 
we tend to take the positive for granted, and then the negative stuff, it, it grabs us. And the news media knows that. If the national and international news media felt that good news would sell more, they'd give us a lot more of it. Because my the point in the book is there's way more good news than there is bad news. It just doesn't get the publicity. I couldn't agree more. I do a little feature on the radio station, WBZ, every week. I do two of them. They're only 60 seconds, but I call it the upside with Jordan, a dose of good news, because there is a lot more of that. Can we look for it and can we find it, Hal? Besides reading your oh, book and listening absolutely. to it. Absolutely. You know, I, <laughs> I give a number of uh, suggestions in a book where, where you find it and to get daily uh, doses of it. You know, that's why the subtitle of the book is... Uh, feeding your mind with what's good for your heart. In other words, what's good for your health. And, uh, and I, I should probably add my definition of good news. My, my definition of good news is anything you see, hear, read, or do that makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. And that's good news. That means something good is happening inside of you. And so I mentioned in the book, uh, I, I had a, a friend that had polio and was severely restricted in terms of what he could do in the body, but he had a fabulous attitude. And he said every morning when he woke up, two words popped in his head. One was thankfulness and the other one was opportunity. Mm. And he said, I'm thankful for what I have. I'm not going to complain for what I can't do. I'm thankful for what I do have. And I'm going to see every day in my life as an opportunity to do good. And the guy was just amazing. Uh, he couldn't lift his arms. He couldn't lift his legs. He was an absolute joy to be around. And I'll never forget that. It's one of the reasons I wrote about him in the book. Yeah. Well, you mentioned gratitude. That's a huge part of all this. And the reflection of good news when it makes you feel good, uh, it sort of builds up that gratitude gene in me anyway. Does it build it up in, in others as well like that? Yeah, I, it really does. And there's a whole chapter in the book on thankfulness because uh, – I think it was one of the most valuable lessons that I ever learned. I think I told the story in the book. I was about 10 years old and I was grumbling about the kids in the neighborhood had some really cool Levi's and I had these uncool jeans called Wranglers and I was complaining about them. And my mom taught me a little lesson. Uh, well, for one thing, I didn't complain to my dad because he would have cuffed me upside the head and said, <laughs> hey, you know how hard I work to buy you those jeans. And, but she showed me a picture of what life was like when she was my age on a farm in Missouri. And she showed me a picture of two boys that had the raunchiest jeans you have ever seen on. They were overalls and they had been working, I guess, out on the farm all day. And she said... She said, these were these were jeans back in my day. And, and she said, you should be thankful that you have the ones you did. And I, I never mm. forgot that message. You know, she said the happiest people in the world aren't the people who have the most things. The happiest people are the people who are the most thankful for what they do have. Mm. And um, I am uh, I've never met anybody that's as thankful as I am. That that stuck with me. And then it got reinforced as I as I went through life. And then I realized about 20 experts have written books about being thankful. Yeah. Well, it's, it's also interesting that if you wait long enough, those Wrangler jeans that were out of fashion back then become the rage <laughs> a few yeah. years later. You know, all the old clothes, don't ever throw them out, guys, because they might be hot and hip uh, before you get uh, too far. Uh, the, the, the idea that there's so much more good in the world than what you hear about or read about every day is is true. I mean, we look at uh, statistics about even poverty and race relations and all the things that people have 
legitimate concerns about. But we compare ourselves to generations past. We've come such a long way as a as a species, and I don't think enough people appreciate that. No, uh, one one person wrote that uh, bad news travels fast, and good news takes the scenic route. You know, <laughs> yeah. and what you're just talking about, Jordan, is really progress, and progress occurs uh, slowly. But but there's a <clears throat> there's a there was a doctor in Sweden. He died recently, but but he uh, wrote a book. Uh, about all the progress that's been made in, in recent years. And he proves that life is far better now than it was when we were kids or when our grandparents or our parents were kids and, and that type of thing. And we have a tendency to always say things were better when I was a kid. No, they weren't. There's proof mm-hmm. that they weren't better when you were a kid. Yeah, the good old days weren't necessarily all that good. Uh, yeah, the, the, and the, I have a heading that says says yeah. that in the book the good old days really worked all that great there's, there's a you real know. there's a real connection that you make that is just so elemental and beautiful and universal between uh, about friendship and sharing good news sharing good vibes with a friend let me just read a quote from and you have lots of great quotes in bubbles here and throughout from mona i don't know how to say her last name moaney uh, psychology and action website Whether it's with your partner, your best friend, or your family member, sharing your good news with others can bring all kinds of benefits even beyond the news itself. I I couldn't agree more. When you're happy about something and you can't wait to tell your best friend and that friend soaks it up, man, that's great. Yeah, and you know how all this started, which I explain in the second chapter of the book, is is I was a teacher and uh, I taught high school kids during the day and I taught adults in their 30s and 40s in the, in the evening. But I was a full time high school teacher and I was uh, I taught things like government and current world affairs and world studies. And so I thought kids should be well informed. So there was a little homework assignment every day that they they highlight five major news items and they. They said to me, you know, Mr. Urban, for being such a positive guy, you should give a negative homework assignment. And I said, what? Me? And negative? Why? And they said, well, all the news is bad news. And I started <laughs> thinking about that. And I realized, gee, that's really true. And I don't want to start class with bad news every day. So I, I said, well, let's start class with good news. And, and I said, the good news comes from you guys. Tell me what's good that's going on in your life and your family and the community here at school, what makes you happy. And boy, they got into it and uh, they shared some really personal things that were great. And the kids clapped and they became closer together and they just couldn't wait every day to be getting a class to, to share good news. And I tried it with my adults and, and I didn't think they'd even want to try it, but they did. They loved it. And so I, uh, I got used to it, getting a, hearing a lot of good news every day. Well, it's it's kind of a redefinition of what news is. We we all think of news as the six o'clock, eleven o'clock, or the morning paper news. But I love what right. you're saying that it what happened in your life that's newsworthy to you and me, and that's redefining the the whole term, which takes us out of that bleeding leading stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I I still remember the first time I ever did that with class and a a girl, she was a junior in high school. She shared something so personal, but it it was so touching of everybody. She said her mom and dad had been separated for two years and she had a couple of siblings and it had been really, really hard time. 
and they just got back together and she was so happy mm-hmm. you know she had a few tears and some other kids had some tears and and so it kind of opened up the gates. Hey, anything that's good, boy, share it because uh, it makes everybody feel good. In the neuroscience that you enveloped yourself into, uh, I know you talk about this in the book. Uh, there are ways, and they're not crazy foo-foo things, but there are ways that we can train or retrain our brains to, to work in a more progressive, and I mean that in a positive light. Share with us a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, Sean Aker, who uh, taught at Harvard uh, in the positive psychology department and, and is now doing a whole bunch of other things. He's written a bunch of books, but that he uses that phrase a lot, retrain the brain. And it's it's just basically developing different mental habits. You know, like, for instance, I mentioned my friend Bruce, who had polio. The first thing he did every morning when he woke up, he, he focused on two words, thankfulness and opportunity. And there are other people I know who make sure that they start the day in a positive way. It could be reading a scripture from some holy book. It could be the Bible or some other uh, holy book. It could be a, uh, a quotation that you're uh, really fond of. Uh, one of the things that I do every day is that I write down uh, three things that I'm thankful for mm-hmm. uh, before I start my day. I write down the name of a person I'm thankful for. It'll probably be you tomorrow morning, Jordan. <laughs> Thank uh, you. I, I write down the name of something that I own that, that I'm thankful for that I don't want to take for granted. It could be my calculator here or it could be my telephone. Uh, and then I write down what, what we call an intangible something that I I was blessed with at birth, like freedom or or love and friendship and and those kinds of things. And you, you write those down every day. You've got a pretty long list by the end of the year and Mm. it reminds you uh, and uh, how thankful you could be. There used to be, I don't know if it's still around and who even uses their phone to make telephone calls, but there used to be something called joke of the day. You'd call up some toll-free number and you'd hear somebody telling a joke. Whether it was a clean joke or not, I'm not sure. I don't remember. But the idea, the concept of making somebody chuckle, i that's what I live for. I live to make people laugh. And uh, I'm a horrible punster, but that's beside the point. I love the idea, though, that you you mix it up a little bit in the lives of others and you get more fun out of life that way. Instead of just being, oh, what did you do last night? I watched TV. Maybe, yeah. uh, you know, what what did you do last night? Well, I invented a new card game. Let me show you. Whatever it might be. Or here's a joke. The point <laughs> is being unpredictable in, in my world is always a great disarmer and it, it gets people off the subject. It moves them off the subject that's depressing them and hopefully brings them into something a little happier. Yeah, you know, you know, way back 30 years ago when I wrote my first book, as, as you recall, it's called Life's Greatest Lessons. We and do, chapter do. two is life is hard and not always fair. But I wanted to make sure I balance things up. So chapter three is, but life is funny. Life is fun and incredibly funny. And I talked in that chapter uh, again 30 years ago about how important it is to laugh and, and to play around and goof off and those things stir up the happy hormones too. And laughter Mm. really does it. Laughter is like they stir up the same hormones as when you go work out, when you exercise. Yeah, no, I I teach uh, voice acting with many of my students and we talk about breath control and breathing and diaphragmatic breathing. And I tell them, hey, have yourself a belly laugh, just lose it and you'll develop diaphragmatic breathing 
patterns right off the bat. It's the greatest. Pretend you're Santa Claus. But enough of that. Uh, I want to get back to uh, national trends that show when people are surveyed a great sense of despondency in the future. And and I it's not hard to understand that with all the incessant bad news about the pandemic and about the economy and about war and, and racism, et cetera. Your book has the answer. Does it start with each of us as individuals as opposed to just trying to change the system? I think it does. I, I think we have to not let the bad news overwhelm us. I think that's one of the, the most important things. You know, my wife and I have gotten to the point where we have a really difficult time watching news on television. I'd rather get it from the newspaper or the internet or the radio because television bombards you with horrible, horrible images and they have the technology uh, to do that. So I, uh, I like to get my news in a less graphic way, but I still understand what's, what's going on. And one of the things that makes Hal Urban so popular with students and with organizations around the world, because you speak all over, is the storytelling, the stories. And it, it, when you're relatable, <laughs> and you are so relatable to so many people, that's a great way to communicate and connect and spread the good news. You know, make it a story. Make it something about yourself or somebody else. Right. One thing I learned in my very first year of teaching was that most people of any age will not tune in if you're lecturing them, but almost everybody will tune in if you're telling them a good story. And you can put <laughs> your lesson in a story. Yeah. And uh, so I did that when I was teaching government. I did it when I was teaching United States history. I told stories that were true, you know, about like in history about famous people. And um, yeah, everybody likes a good story. Absolutely. Well, they'll find stories in this one, The Power of Good News, but they'll also find a series of quotes. I, I cited one of many, and uh, I know it's, it's easy to say this, uh, selecting quotes, there's so many, how could you go wrong? But they're very poignant and very pointed, these quotes. Talk a little bit with me before we leave you about the selection process. Well, you know, I've uh, I've always, from the beginning of my writing, I always thought you could make what you say have more impact if you quote somebody who's smarter than you. <laughs> and uh, and so I did that with my first book. In fact, I look back and, at my first book, and it has some really great quotes in it. And I realized I found those without Google. You know, this was before I had a computer when I wrote that first book. And now... They're easier to find because you can literally you can Google quote about friendship, you know, yeah, or quote yeah. about laughter or something like that. The only thing you need to do is you need to triple check them to make sure they're they're legitimate, because I was going to use a quote in uh, in this book that's really famous and attributed to Will Rogers. And he said, there's no such thing as a stranger. There are only friends that you've never met. There's no proof that Will Rogers ever said that. It sounds like something he might have said, but my editor wouldn't let me use it in the in the book. Maybe I should say I originated. Yeah, I was going to say when Bartlett's not around. I remember Bartlett's quotations, man. Oh yeah, that was I have the Bible. A copy. Me too. I still have my original copy of Bartlett. Oh, uh, yeah. I think it was the quotations ended about 1921, but that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> they were the good yeah. ones. Well, I but I I have always loved quotations, yeah. and I think this book has 109 in it, or something like that. But uh, 
like I say, they some of those things that they, people say in just a few words are so brilliant and incisive. And sometimes people named unknown are coming up with gems. Yeah, I know. And I wonder, uh, <laughs> you know, why, if you came up with something so great, why would you want to be anonymous or unknown? Well, the last point I would make is I hope that fellow members of the media uh, are talking with you about this and are not afraid to share something that isn't bleeding and isn't deadly and is, is so positive. Are you getting good feedback from the book? Well, I've, I've had tremendous feedback. Uh, every, everybody that's, uh, that's contacted me has said they like it, uh, love it, whatever. But, but of course, if somebody didn't like it, they probably wouldn't say anything to me. But it's getting good reviews on Amazon. Good. And good. I've got, uh, you know, I sell it from my website because I think I mentioned to you before, I give all the money away. I give it mm. back to education and particularly character education programs. And so uh, I feel a little bit more free promoting it since I'm not making any money off of it. But but the feedback has been uh, absolutely terrific. Well, and, uh, and that's HalUrban.com, if I'm right. not mistaken. Okay. And it's a great, great uh, read. And I love the cover. It reminds me of that movie Up. Remember the movie yeah, Up for yeah, the Pixar film? Because right. there's a picture of the balloon and the, and the ladder. But it's called The Power of Good News, Feeding Your Mind with what's good for your heart. And uh, you've got to check out Life's Greatest Lessons, one of, a huge bestseller that continues to sell. And uh, I'm so glad we connected, man. This is wonderful. Yeah, I am too. And we get to see each other face to face. This is really nice. It is nice. And you've got a beautiful- You get younger as you get older too. Well, thank you. Uh, it, you yeah. But I was going to say, you've got a, an impressive backdrop with books and, and ornaments and all that. And I assume it's a real- library and not some phony screen you put up there yeah no it's this is my man cave uh you know <laughs> i have uh it's in the back of my garage and when i bought this house i saw this great big unfinished room in the back of the garage and i said oh i want the house i, I bought it for the room in the back of the garage rather than the, the rest of it but uh, my dad who was a builder he he put the window in put the shelves in and wow. everything and over the years it's evolved and it's oh. a special place for me well you do some fine work from there and i really want to thank you and uh, wish you the best and let's do this again sometime soon yeah jordan anytime always pleasure talking to you read the power of good news feeding your mind with what's good for your heart by hal urban and find out about this fine gentleman at his website halurban.com there's much more good news out there than we think Thanks, as always, to Dan Tebow of Fast Twitch Media, to Ken Carberry and the entire gang at Chart Productions in Boston, where we produce the podcast. And as always, to you, my loyal listeners, and more and more of you are joining us all the time. Appreciate it. Don't forget, if you like the podcast, give it a five-star review, and that'll go a long way to spreading the good word. You can find out about my book and much more at jordanrich.com. Till next time, this is he saying, be well so you can do good. Take care.